Hey everybody, welcome back to the Active Dads Podcast. I'm your co-host Daniel, and as always, with me is my other co-host, Mr. John. What's up? And welcome What's up? back to the same Tuesday as last week. Or same Monday. Monday. Same Monday as last week. <laughs> it's just an hour later. Yeah. Anyways, so one of the big things that we wanted to cover and one of the topics that's been I don't know, kind of knocked around and thrown around a lot is basically toxic masculinity. How do you feel about toxic masculinity? Hmm. Um, yeah. I would have to get back to like, like, and I don't know that it's really, I really, I think sometimes people confuse just douchebagginess with, masculinity and they call it toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. when it's really just i was a you know well-to-do entitled rich kid that was enabled and allowed to be a douchebag pretty much from the time i was in middle school or late elementary school until i was a high school student and you know and it continued on through my young adult and adult life and you know it's confused with toxic masculinity maybe. Well, I see where you're going with that but I think honestly to me I think toxic masculinity is any of the negative aspects whatsoever to being a man is kind of exemplified or is that a word? Sure that's a word we'll say it is yeah, a word for this not, yeah, exactly. it it's just basically blown out of proportion to what masculinity should be right. you know what I mean it's yeah. kind of like the you know, the whole alpha male term kind of got oh, taken yeah. over by pickup artists. Yeah. You know, learning how to be the douche that can get anybody's numbers and does the peacocking with the bright yeah. outfits and the pimp suits and I know where you're going all with that, that stuff. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> peacocking. Oh, it's, yeah. So, anyways, I think one of the big things about the term ta- toxic masculinity is they look at the negative aspects of testosterone. And it's not of all men. You know, you look at, like, the aggressiveness and the violent behavior and just the overall being an asshole. Like, that's not part of being a man. That's what some men are. And more often than not, it's the guys with the low testosterone that have those issues. Yeah. Because they don't feel like a man. You know, they have to pretty much prey on the weaker sex. You know, weaker used loosely as well because I know a lot of strong women. I grew up around a lot of strong women, so I completely understand that aspect of it. But one of the big things about the toxic masculinity is people who look down on those that are weaker than them, always want to feel like they're top dog, always get aggressive, and all this other stuff, man. That's not part of masculinity. That's not part of the. That's not part of the masculinity I want my son to learn. In the work world, we call that like Napoleon complex, or yes, exactly. Oh, I dealt with a couple of those. You run into the the you know i have nothing in short people but you're into the short people with the short guy complex you yeah know? short you man know? syndrome yeah yeah <laughs> it's like hey man it's i didn't i didn't tell you to buy a truck jacket up you know six feet where you can't get into it <laughs> but hey if that makes you feel like a man whatever hey, if it makes you feel like <laughs> a big guy yeah have fun getting that 80 pound bag of sacre in the back <laughs> but i'm just saying <laughs> well he never has to do that because he don't actually do manual labor <laughs> that's right now wait a minute that's toxic masculinity but eh, i suppose but no, we all know those people, but we also yeah. all know those family men. Absolutely. You know what I mean? The guys who are out hunting and providing, those guys yeah. who don't mind working overtime because they can get their kids that extra gift for Christmas or 
you know, take the family on an unexpected vacation. You know, I mean, that's part of my views of masculinity. Now, I don't see anything toxic about it. Of course, some men are toxic. Some women are toxic. Yeah. Some toddlers are freaking toxic. Okay. Like oh, you can't base the entire thing around that one bad experience you had with your dad, which is usually whenever the people on Twitter are spouting about toxic masculinity, they go in this whole thing about how their dad was a complete piece of shit and all this other right. stuff. I'm like, well, you had a terrible dad. You know, it's a, it doesn't make you special. B, you can't base what 3.6 billion people around the yeah. one experience you had with one person. And C, that was 30 years ago. Get over it. Yeah. Move on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like Man. one of the biggest issues that, you know, they're finding in disruptive children now is a lack of a father being in the home. Yeah. You know, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say like, you know, the, what they call it, the atomic family. Like oh, the, the mom. Or, Is it platonic? Yeah, I think. Whatever. I don't know. We are obviously not big wordsmiths. I used so. to be. I got, hit I, never saw, I got hit in the head a lot. I never saw a point in it. Simple words make simple yeah. actions. So I'm good with that. Now it's just drool out of one side of my mouth. But. Yeah. So basically, I'm not saying that you have to have a mom and a dad in the house, but you need a feminine and a masculine figure. You know what I mean? That's what helps keep people between the buoys. Oh, yeah. You get the light and you get the heavy yeah so it depends on which side of the road you're going to go to and i think it's very important that you know especially boys get both aspects of it and girls too i'm not trying to count them out i mean you know girl dads have their own set of problems especially when that girl starts hitting puberty and they yeah. start remembering all the things that they used to do as a boy during puberty I'm so glad we had a son. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> that would be a tough transition for me personally. And most important about those relationships, regardless of you know how they're arranged, um, one of the most important things is is that just firm, firm connection between both parties. Mm -hmm. I mean, the kid, you know, the child has to see that. Um, I mean, you know, because if, if otherwise they're playing, you know, that kid's going to play one against the other. Um, or or one figure. Not only that, they're going to get played against the other. All right. That's right. what happens in most nasty divorces: is mm -hmm. the dad tries to pit the kids against the mom, and the mom tries to pit right. the kids against the dad. You know. And that's. I mean, and I see that. Like, I mean, you can you can go to. I mean, you can just about pick out a restaurant any week and go to a restaurant and watch. You know, walk in, sit down, and there's there's that that family, and you got mom who's obviously like just wore out, tired with you know watching manage and taking care of these kids but then you got dad in quotations who's sitting there in his on his phone while his kids are you know climbing up standing on top of the table and but you know he's so lost in his phone and and mom's just like over here had it you know um mm. so you know that's that's one of those like don't be that guy moments like that's not that's that's that lack of masculinity i think that we're talking about where the you kind of are that you're that uh goat herder, goat herder. <laughs> for lack of better terms like i don't know, know what a better term would like be. those kids look to you and go all right i'm you know i'm i'm in my seat i'm ready to eat you know yeah otherwise well, you know so i think that's one of those gray areas mm -hmm. you know i mean traditionally speaking 
the father doesn't do much in way of raising the children. The mother does. Mm-hmm. You know, we're right. talking about like tradition as in like the 40s and 50s. The mom oh, was yeah. stay at home. Yeah. The dad worked. The mom tended to the children. The dad didn't have to. But one of the big things about it, especially in the changing world that we're in, is the dad really has to step up and not just yeah. be a bystander in the situation. Exactly. You know, like and anytime we go out, I'm, you know, you know me, I'm a huge introvert. So oh, yeah. I love taking railing places because it doesn't look like I'm ignoring people if I'm playing with my son. You know, it's right. like, oh, yeah, of course we can go run around outside. Cool. Yeah, let's absolutely. do that. <laughs> He's kind of like my little scapegoat. I'm like, oh. He's getting honorary again. I'm going to take him outside and run around a little bit. Yeah. And Sarah's like, oh, okay, cool. And she, like, you know, talks to everybody in the room about everything. So me and him just out in the yard. I'm letting him run around. I'm like, oh, hey, you want to come back in? It's time to eat. I'm like, ah, oh, no, we're good. He's yeah. getting some energy out. He's good to go. Yeah, that's the way I always was. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's pretty much still the way we are now. We just kind of disappear, you know. Yeah. I mean, we, were, we spent the weekend at – we spent a weekend down at the lake house the Friday night, Saturday night. Came back late yesterday, and we got up in the morning first thing. Sun come up, threw our crap on, headed down, and fished pretty much from you know seven o'clock, seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning to the fish stopped biting that afternoon, you know, and and then we did our thing after that. But that's kind of what we do. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that whatsoever. I mean, you know, like. I get it. There's that group of people that want to sit around and talk, and that's cool and all yeah. that good stuff. But I don't know. So that's not my thing. That actually brings up an excellent topic, and it's one that I've been kind of mulling over. You know, you know me. I'm too philosophical for my own good, and I'm not very good at it. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I always thought of was the old adage, you know, kids need a father, not a friend. Yeah. How do you feel about that line? You know, I mean, obviously that's something a father and son would do, but obviously that's a sport that friends love to do you know how do you do you lean more to one side over the other like being the father over being the friend or how do you dance that line without a irritating your kid relentlessly and b like being so lackadaisic that you're not really being active as a father yeah so i i just i think a lot of times with things like that what happens is you try to focus on one or the other and so when you start focusing on that stuff that's when that's when the kid picks all that out they pick up on that and they're like what are you, you know what are you really trying to do mm-hmm. so for me it's things you know things i like to do things he likes to do but i always look for you know in fishing and, and everything we do together whether it's running fishing just for teachable moments moments where I can go back and relate to a story about my childhood or my teenage years. Um, to where you pull it with the whole back in my day. Yeah, absolutely. You always got to like, start with that. Like walk, yeah. walk up a hill barefoot in the snow and all that. I'm that guy now. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you know, it's I, I try to find, I try to make it a teachable moment. And, and usually there is always, if you listen close enough, they are looking for a teachable moment. They're actually like, they're asking questions you may not even realize they're asking. Um, so I look at things like that, but you know, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with the kid, like or, or the child, like with with Sully. He is such his own person, and we have let him be his own person. Um, that he, uh, you don't, you don't have that problem with falling into the friends versus the father area. Um, he doesn't expect that. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids, I think, a lot of times 
depending on the child, depending on how, you know, how they were raised or how, you know, how you guys spent time and things like that. I think, uh, that makes a big difference in that area. You know, we raised, you know, with the way we raised Sully was to always, uh, to be happy with what you have, be happy with where you are, but to always be willing to help other people. And to, with that, even me, even when I was younger, I mean, the kids never like ask or expected anything. And I think that makes it easier for us to have that kind of relationship to where I don't have to focus on being his friend. He's not looking for me to be his friend because he looks to me a little, a little deeper, I guess, as a father, that whole philosophical side, that whole teach me side. Um, whereas a lot of kids, unfortunately, and I'm not, you know, my, I'm, I'm by no means perfect. We're by no means perfect. But a lot of kids, you know, it's, uh, what can I buy you today mm-hmm. to get you to do this, to do A? Can I, if I buy you A, will you do B? If I buy you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. They learn the bribing side of things. <clears throat> the bribing side of things, and it's a lot of times I would rather... I would rather pay for you to do something cool with your friends than I would go fishing with you and yeah. and and talk about things when I was your age mm-hmm. or teach you things as I was doing when I was your age or talk about problems that are just like you that I had when I was 13 years old, whereas that's the kind of conversations we have. I mean, we can, you know, we fished and we jumped in the, jumped in the lake and floated in floats all day and we just sat out there and talked about whatever, you know. Whereas a lot of kids don't get that. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, hey, I'm going to go out with my friends. I bought you his new pair of Air Jordans. See you later, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, I, and, and that becomes, I think those relationships are cultivated into more friendships than they are, like you said, a father figure. They're more friend. Um, and, you know, I even hear that with, even with Missy, you know, her being a school teacher a lot of times. I mean, she has she has to call parents because her kid hadn't been to school in 15 days and she's like where's your son or daughter at they haven't been to school in 15 20 days whatever it is yeah yeah you know and it's like well they just really don't feel like it and i don't feel like making them go to school and it's like whoa wait a minute like if i didn't get out of bed i got a cold ass bucket of water dumped on my head that morning Mm. like get up and get ready you know yeah that was a parent, you know. Yeah. It wasn't a, well. They just don't feel like doing it, and they—I know they really need to do it, but you know, I'm, I hate to make them do that because I want to be—I don't want to be mad at me, you know. Yeah. Well, you, everybody's got their own parenting styles. You know, I'm not going to be, or I don't plan to be. I'm not going to say what I am or am not going to do, but I don't right. plan to be one of the rule with the iron fist type. I grew up no, with that, and no, I'm not a big fan of it. No. But at the same time you really have to kind of instill the work ethic and instill the, Hey, when works has to be done, it has to be done. Whether it's going to school, whether it's helping out on the farm, whether it's, you know, dealing with the livestock, gathering up the garden, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Whenever something has to be done, it has to be done. And that was kind of one of the things I grew up with. It didn't matter who did it as long as it got done. So, you know, if some part, if, you know, like say I get up before school dad had to tend to the garden well that means something else wasn't getting done you know what i mean or vice versa whenever you move stuff around like the work is there who's gonna do it yeah one person can't do everything two people can't do everything but you try to chip away at it a little bit at a time yeah 
So when it came to going to school, obviously that was my main priority. Well, it wasn't my main priority. It was my parents' main priority right. for me. I didn't carry the way. But, yeah, man, just learning not only the work, just getting your ass out of bed. Yeah, Like yeah. the bed can be a strong magnet. It really can. Mm-hmm. But you have to learn how to break that. Yeah. You know, I talked about it before on here how I was a terrible employee with every job I've ever had. Yeah. You know, I would show up late every single morning. I'd show up late, hung over about half the mornings of the week, you know, depending on when. But one of the big things that I learned whenever I went back to college, and I think it was a godsend that I went back to college later on in my life. You know, I went back in my mid-20s mm-hmm. because I knew that, hey, this is definitely the direction I want my life to be going. I already worked in the warehouse. I already worked in retail. That's not for me. I'm not a big fan of either of those. Mm-hmm. So whenever I went back to college, I knew this is what I wanted to do. And that's when all of my attitudes changed, whether it was getting up early so I could work out before class or whether it was knocking out homework as soon as I got home before I did anything else. Yeah. You know, me and my wife were together back when I was in college. And she'll tell you, sometimes she came over to the house and watched TV on the couch by herself because I was knocking out homework or I was studying for a test or something like that, you know. She'd come over, we'd eat dinner, she'd watch a movie, I'd hit the homework, hit the books for a little bit, a couple hours. And then we would finish a movie after that together or something, you know, but the work had to get done. I was the only person who could do it because I was the one in college. Yeah. I mean, that's, and I went back again. I've been a few times Mm -hmm. and you know, the last time I was going, or the last time I went back was, um, right. It was, well, so it was probably, yeah, he had just been born and I was back in school. So, I mean, I would basically, Go to work or get up, you know, four thirty. Get to, come to work, work, be in class from being class by four forty-five. Class got out at ten, headed home. Um, you know, sitting down eating dinner at ten thirty, ten forty. You know, catching up, catching a flick, whatever while I was doing work, and you know, all over, all over again. And that was three or four days a week. You know, and then I was also a part-time fireman at the same time so then i had you know every other week or whatever we had a couple nights a week of training and then school work i mean so but you know all that was with purpose and that's there's like there's one meme and i've got it somewhere on my phone that i actually memes now there's like one meme that it's that i've ever really shared about being a man or being a dad because i i think i think to me, hey, hey, I don't want, I don't care if other people think I'm, feel like I'm a man or I'm manly enough or whatever. That's I think that's all internal and it's mm-hmm. you know internal and it's you know a very close family thing um, bond, I guess. So you know a lot of the stuff that people share, I'm just like, so are you trying to convince me or yourself like that you're a man? I, I don't know. I get it. You know. I don't real men have beards crap I mean whatever blah 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 because there was years I didn't have a beard either and I could shave it off and not have a beard but it doesn't take away the last 30 years that I've 40 years that I've been here you know so mm-hmm. none of that crap I really matters to me yeah or how many friggin Punisher Skull t-shirts you can wear or that garbage I, that doesn't make you a man either um but there's always one and the one it was like if if my kids learn or remember anything, remember that I always everything I did, you know, the work, the busting my butt, you know, was for them. 
Yeah. That's the only one that I really care about because that that has been my one major goal is to provide for my family and to give them a life that wasn't that I didn't have, but it was to give them a life I felt like they deserve. Mm-hmm. You know. So, you know, the the up all nights, the going to schools, the you know, working holidays, working, you know, sixteen, twenty hour days and things like that wasn't, you know, wasn't to just to give back to the man. It was to to make it make away from my family, you know. Yeah. And to me to me that's kind of how I look at, you know, masculinity. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. you know, giving of yourself, you know, to to your the ones you love, to your family. Yeah. Um that's, no, I complete, that's what it is to me. Yeah. I completely agree with that. And that's one of the reasons why I work as hard as I do here. Well, it's one of the reasons I work the hours that I work. Yeah. I, I can't lie and say I work hard. I barely work at all. I mean, I'm basically retired. But still, that's one of the reasons why I put the hours in. You know, me and my wife, whenever we were dating early on, I lived in like a 500-square-foot, two-bedroom shotgun shack. Yeah. You know, I had my gun collection. I had my four-wheelers. I had plenty of land out back to ride on. That was my thing. Whenever me and her got married, she wanted a nicer house. So that's what we got. Yeah. Now we're in the works of trying to build a house and buy some land. So that's what we're doing. I don't like that stuff doesn't mean anything to me. Big house has never impressed me. Nice vehicles has never impressed me. I'm very much a minimalist. So she wants to have a big house. And I know that Raylan, you know, I'm sure he wants to grow up in a nice house, stuff like that. So that's what we're doing. That's why I'm doing it. I don't care. Me personally, I mean, it costs like, what, maybe eight grand a year yeah. to run my little simple life. But whenever we start factoring everything in there that we want for the future, and don't get me wrong, I want it for the future too. It's not it's not like what I want doesn't matter. But whenever I start looking at the type of house that we want to build and the mm-hmm. land and where we want to build it and all that stuff, those details mean very little to me whatsoever. Right. But like you were talking about, I want to make sure that my son has every advantage possible. I want to make sure that he knows all the stuff that I wish I had known back then. Um, again, I'm not really big on personal possessions. Don't get me wrong. I like technology. So I've got like, you know, smartwatch and all that. I'm not a very minimalist person. But but I don't know, man. Like, it's hard to put these things into terms. You know, whenever I think about what I'm doing with my future, a lot of it revolves around the needs of my family, the wants of my family. Yeah. You know what <clears> I mean? <throat> me personally... I've got everything I could ever want right. already. So I'm not really looking for a lot of stuff in the future or out yeah. of the future. You more, know, yeah. more records is about it for me. More records. <laughs> nah, man. Hey, I get behind that. Everybody's got to have their That's thing. A, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a collection. And I'm not saying that minimalist is the way to go. A lot no, of people I don't think, like that. I'm, I, I mean, I think, uh, that's, <laughs> that's one thing. Like I'm, I'm fairly minimal. Um, yeah. I mean, we really are honestly but um you just i mean you can have way too much stuff and it's just stuff but and that's that's kind of what we're i mean our whole like looking for you know looking to the next 10 years i guess you know mm-hmm. it's like you know, our kid will be going to college you know so obviously we're wanting to make sure that we do we do enough so that he can go where he needs to go to do what he wants to do um but that it's at the same time that's also you know, steering him in the right direction, you know, giving him the support and the help he needs to, to do what he needs to do. Um, but then looking like, 
right, what do we what do we want to do next like you know yeah. i mean we want to do something i mean the three of us whether it's move to montana or whatever you know it all depends a lot of it depends on what he does um as far as college goes i'm sure he's gonna go to um, you know we figure he'll go to a coastal school but um he's probably going to a coastal school so y'all would stay here not so you yeah. can go with him oh if he goes to coastal so. school we're going to the coast um <laughs> you're killing the boys future plans here man nah. um whole purpose of college is to get away from the parents for a while see my kid's different man he uh-huh. hang out with his parents but yeah he's just being nice to you that's right <laughs> um yeah but i've got montana in mind so mm-hmm. you know like you guys montana's you know, cool i can get behind that some really good land deals right now oh, i'll bet so i think uh I got Bert that I follow. He just bought 200 acres on the river for $21,000. What? Yeah. Is it like all dirt? No, it's well, gorgeous. It's on the river, so it it's can't be on Gorgeous dirt. land. That's ridiculous, man. But that I don't know what I'd do with that many acres, but. It's Montana, man. They're just. Cattle. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Open up a dude ranch. That's all. I mean, I'd sit. I'd set me a nice little cow. He's already got a cabin and. He's already got land in a cabin he, he lives in and just yeah. bought this extra 200 acres. $21,000? That's nothing. No. I mean, build a, you know. No, I mean, that's room. two acres around here. Right. That's yeah. actually less than, that's like an acre and 1.8 acres, 1.7 acres yeah. around here. That's ridiculous. It's crazy. And I'm like, how would you, how would you not want to retire there? Yeah. And right now they're they're doing rebates. For every hundred thousand you spend in residency or whatever, and building like building a home, they rebate twenty thousand dollars. So I mean, you build a hundred thousand dollar house for eighty thousand dollars because you're gonna get a twenty thousand dollar rebate. That's so, awesome. Like, it might be a good plan, man. Eh, I ain't I going anywhere though. All my family's around here. My family's real tight, so there's no chance of me moving to Montana. Well, that's the only reason I didn't move there. We yeah. didn't move there like four years ago. It was because Missy was like, oh, "I'm not moving." Yeah, that's that landy vault. I mean, look at that. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Man, that's just a snapshot of. Yeah. But. <laughs> oh, but yeah, we kind of went off on tangent like we always do. But, yeah. um. What were we talking about? Toxic masculinity. Oh, yeah. Then you started talking yeah. about land in Montana. I don't know. Yeah. No. That's yeah. some toxic masculinity. Montana. Montana. Okay, Montana. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like everything else, though. They just, there's just, you know, in the last few years, there's all these new terms everybody wants to throw around. Yeah. As long as it's got a hashtag to it, you're good to go. Yeah. I mean, you know, hashtag no. toxic masculinity. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, from what we're talking about, that may be completely off point for somebody else's view. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know I mean? That's the big thing about it is you don't have to conform to one ideology right. or the other. There's a ton of gray area between positive and negative. You know, I mean, some traits that I want to teach Raylan are traits that you're not going to teach Scully, you know, yeah. and there's some traits that you're going to teach him that I'm not going to teach Raylan. I mean, it right. just depends on a, what's important to you and B, what, what do you think that's going to be important to your kid? You know, yeah. and as Raylan grows, what I think is important becomes less important because he starts developing that individuality and he starts learning to think for himself. You know, so like one thing I can think of off the bat is I want him to learn jujitsu because jujitsu has given me so much in my life that there's no way I could ever pay it back. You know, I try to play it forward as much as I can. I teach five days a week. I try to teach everybody on the mat something, whether they come in as a brown belt or a black belt. I still want them to be able to learn something from me so I can give back to the community. 
And I want to give that to Raylan. I want him to feel that sense of belonging and that sense of confidence yeah. and just everything that jujitsu brings to the table. He may try a couple classes and be like, eh, I don't like his stuff. Like, it's cool that you do it, but I don't care to do it. Yeah. And that's fine too. We'll change gears. I'll try to find another hobby that he can just get lost in, you know, a hobby that he can put 11 years into, like I've done jujitsu or, mm -hmm. you know, 15 to 16 years into, like I've done martial arts as a whole. Yeah. But again, maybe he's going to hate it. I don't know. Uh, I really hope yeah. he don't because it's going to be like the father son time for us. You know, yeah. we ain't going to throw a football. We're going to learn how to choke each other and bend stuff backwards. Yeah. I mean, that's, it, that's a hard, it's hard. I mean, I've had that, you know, I'm at that point now, you know, 13, we've had those conversations and I've had those conversations with my wife where, you know, my heart hurts because, you know, it's not, He's not into the stuff that I'm into. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it bothers me because I feel like sometimes I robbed him of that. Um, but, you know, it's, he's just, he's different. He has his own things. Like, and, and, you know, it's not, not from the lack of encouragement. It's not from the lack of, uh, you know, him being a part of it. I mean, he's been a part of my bike racing and endurance career since he was born. I mean, it, you know popped up in my memories the other day of you know him sitting in the back of the car waiting on me to get to the top of 181 during bridge to bridge i mean so you know he's been cheering me along since he was an infant so he's been around that stuff and even with that it's not something that he's really into he likes to go um and cheer us on and and, and be a part of that family which is fine i mean we need those we need those support people there just as much as we need the people with us and he'll get in there and you know run a little bit here or there or walk a lap or whatever he needs to do but it's not really something that interests him could it be down the road maybe i mean i know a lot of career runners and career endurance athletes that didn't get into it until they were you know college age or out of college well, i mean in the endurance running circuit it's not uncommon for like people in their late 40s and late 50s yeah to get into it and then just take off yeah i mean you know and that's that's always been you know one of my goals or one of my i guess daydreams is me and him out running an ultra together just you know him and me and the gang running an ultra together and finishing together and going and having a beer afterwards together um so to say that and maybe that's maybe that makes me a little self you know selfish i don't know mm. um i mean it's part of your life that you love you want to share with your family right um, i don't think it's selfish at all but if if in the end it's nothing more than them traveling with me and being there at the start and being there at the finish and then being there to help me you know sit down in the chair at the restaurant afterwards i'm totally fine with that you know at the end of the day they were there they were a part of the they were a part of it and that's all that matters um but you know i'm not gonna force them you know yeah Gotcha. Well, anything yeah. else you want to add? Oh. Man, it's, I don't know. I'm going to take that as a no then. <laughs> Man, there's a lot of stuff I could add, you know. Yeah. But. I gotcha. Well, no, I think that's pretty good. We're at time now. What time? Hmm? <clears throat> Our clients coming in as always. we got to find a better time to do this because we get on like these big, like long tangents and I'm like, yeah, man, this is going somewhere. It's going to talk about my fishing post and how that could be viewed as toxic masculine masculinity. Oh, go ahead. 
I wasn't trying to well, shut you up. Go it ahead. was just, it was when we were sitting there talking, it just kind of popped in my head, you know, because I'm always weird about posting stuff on Facebook, especially if it has me in it. Because, you know, I mean, the way people view masculinity now is, you know, anything that's masculine yeah. is viewed as toxic. Oh, he's got tattoos of muscles. Right. Oh, so I was like, that picture that I posted of fishing, I'm like, you know, that's, there we go. There's John fishing with no shirt on. He's being a you know toxic masculine jerk, you know, <laughs> trying to offend the world with his no shirt on. No, I was actually just fishing, and it was hot outside. And I was like, well, maybe I'll get a last of summer tan while I'm fishing. Mm. That's all it was. Yeah. But I'm sure some nerf herder out there is <laughs> like, oh, this is so toxic. It's kind of like that time I got turned in or reported for my push-up video with no shirt on. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's hilarious. I mean, so so somebody out there, yeah, was offended by. Well, the funny part to me was you were doing the hashtag. What was it twenty two mission twenty two yeah, or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And you look up that hashtag, and it's literally ninety percent dudes with their shirt off doing yeah. push ups, and yeah. you're the one who got dropped for yeah, the kidding. industry standards yeah. or the community yeah. standards. That's what it is. So if you're the one that reported me for that, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's why Iron Man did it the next, the next, the next day. Mm-hmm. Full Iron Man regalia. Yeah. Hey man, that works. Yeah, I didn't get reported for that one. I figured Marvel would come after me, but he <laughs> <they> didn't. <laughs> Stan Lee was all about it. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Well, that's it for today. Thank you as always for being on here, and thank you for listening. And we will be talking to you next week. Have a great week. Yeah. Be dragging next weekend. week. I ain't gonna lie. Oh yeah, we gotta do a race recap next week. Yeah, let's hope let's hope it's a buckle winning race cap. I'm sure it will be. Let's hope. No doubt in my mind. All right, y'all. Thank you very much. As always, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five star review. That way all your friends can pick up on the podcast. Thank you. Have fun. Later.